You're listening to the Physio School Podcast, your guide to becoming a physiotherapist. In this episode, we sit down with Rachel Liu and Maxime Beijing, who are two current second year physiotherapy students at McGill University in Montreal, Quebec. During our discussion, we talk about why they chose to attend McGill PT, a brief overview of the program, tips for those applying to the program, and finally, we dive into their experience at McGill thus far and what their plans are for the future. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, future physios, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Physio School Podcast, your guide to becoming a physiotherapist. My name is Anthony Pinto de Costa, and today I'm joined with my wonderful co-host, a man who only strives for nothing short of excellence, Mr. Reed Vandervluden. Reed, how's it going today, man? Once again, creative as always. Jeez, I'm doing really well. I uh, just came off weekend. We got our second hike of the year in. We did uh, a trail just outside of Banff, so it was pretty fun. Um, a few of my friends from Ontario made the trip out, and uh, they struggled, but they got up. They got up, so it was good. How about you? How are you doing? I'm good, man. Your weekend sounds a little bit more eventful than me. Went to an oh. OHL game out in Barrie, which is uh, not like oh. me, but you know, the, that's what the that's what the guys wanted to do. So you have to do it, right? The Barrie Colts. How are they the doing Barry this year? Colts. They're okay. They're pretty good. They were playing the London Knights, so it was actually a good game. Was, uh, <laughs> nice. I was into it. I'm usually not a hockey guy, but I was pretty much into it. Not a hockey guy over here, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But anyways, uh, let's get into the pod today. So if you guys have been yep. following uh, the pod, you've likely learned that uh, one of our main goals with the physioschool.ca platform is to provide you with insight into what it's like to attend various PT programs in Canada. So far, we've covered a number of the programs in Canada, but we have yet to talk to some of our physio colleagues out in Montreal, Quebec. Let's go. With that being said, we'd like to welcome two students straight from McGill's physiotherapy program to the podcast today who go by the names of Rachel and Max. Rachel, let's start with you. How's it going today? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> Doing well. No complaints. No complaints at all. What about you, Max? How's it going? I'm pretty good. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we we really appreciate you guys coming on. And, you know, we talked about this off air. We, we really like the backdrops today. You know, we got a bike. We got some exercise equipment. This is very physio-like. So it's, it's a good start today. We love sports. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Amazing. So uh, let's start off open here. Again, Rachel, we'll start with you and then we'll pass it over to Max here. Can you guys just tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, your name age where you're from where and when you did your undergrad and if you got a fun fact you can toss that in as well yeah for sure so hello i'm rachel um i'm 25 and i'm from toronto ontario and i also did my undergrad in ontario i went to western university in london and i graduated from uh, kinesiology in 2018 um, and a fun fact was that um, I was on the orientation team um, and that's how I met Anthony because we were both new to the team at the same time. The rookies. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and Max, what about you there? Tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. So my full name is actually Maxim, but I go by Max because it's easier for English people to say my name. Um, I'm 24. 
I am from uh, Montreal-ish, just a little bit like off the island. I did my undergrad at McGill in kinesiology, uh, just like Rachel. And fun fact, um, I actually lived on the sailboat for a full year um, when I was 17. Um, so yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> You're going to need to dive into that a little bit more. Like <laughs> 17, that's your grade 11 or 12 year. Tell us yeah, about great. that experience. Yeah, grade 12. Um, it's like a program called Class Afloat. Um, so kids from all around the world kind of just live on the sailboat together uh, with a bunch of teachers. And we just travel the world and we do school on the boat for a full year. So that was my grade 12. <laughs> That's amazing. That sounds like an easy choice to me, you know, for any grade 11s out there looking for, you know, a different opportunity. But um, I'm also curious why you guys chose McGill PT. And maybe we can start with Rachel and then we'll go back to Max after. Yeah, so I applied to a bunch of programs. So a few in Ontario, um, UBC and McGill. And then I didn't get into any programs, but I got into McGill. So that made the choice pretty easy for me. But I applied here because I thought it would be an interesting city to live in. And McGill's a good school. So um, I thought, why not? And it's not too bad of a commute from Toronto. It's pretty easy to go back home and visit family if I needed to. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. And Max? Um, I actually kind of applied randomly because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do um, after my undergrad. Uh, some of my friends were telling me to do PT, so I applied for PT and OT just in case I didn't get into PT. Um also had a backup of doing some research and uh, realized I really didn't want to do research. So I was really hoping to get into McGill PT in the end, uh, which I did. So I'm really glad I did. Um, and McGill is just like a really good um, like English school for us uh, here in uh, Montreal. So it's easier for me to keep doing my um, education in English rather than switching to uh, just like I kind of just like got the hang of the English part. So that was... That's why I got into McGill. Awesome. You sure you don't want to do research? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just confirmed it for you? <laughs> yeah, very much. <laughs> nice. Nice. Awesome. So uh, I know McGill's uh, pretty big on uh, admitting students who have a decent amount of uh, experience prior to the program. So I wanted to ask you guys, uh, maybe we can switch here. We'll go Max first, then Rachel. Um, can you guys just tell us about your experiences prior to PT school, whether they're PT related or non-PT related? Yeah. Um, so I had, um, I did a bunch of things with uh, like Special Olympics Quebec that kind of made me uh, realize what physio was a little bit more uh, with a different population. Um, I did a lot of, like I said before, I did um, a lot of research, which uh, which is not the path I wanted to take in the end. But uh, I think it really helped me develop some leadership skills uh, in different setting, and also I did um, I did some like a lot of like sports activities that kind of just like made me realize that I was really into um, like sports and like body movements and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I think like the kinesiology aspect of uh, of well, like my undergrad kind of also just like it kind of just like directed me towards that. Um, it's, there's a lot of people in, um, in kin that, that go into PT in the end. And I feel like it's a very natural, uh, pathway for us 
just because of all the like the sports aspect and all of the like the anatomy and like the the physiology passion that we we develop um so I feel like that really kind of just like like I don't know like was a nice uh path for me to to take like that perfect and what about you Rachel um, so similar to Max, I also had a research experience. So I did like a summer internship um, at Sunnybrook one year and then spent a summer in a lab Then realized that research wasn't for me. So then that was off the table. Um, but then in my fourth year, I got to work with the women's basketball team at Western, similar to, I think both of you did did uh, the trainer thing, right? At yep. Western? Yep, yep. Um, yeah, so that that really got me interested in physio because you get to go and accompany the players to their appointments if you want. So then it was interesting to see how physio played a part in their sports and their rehab. Um, and then after undergrad, I worked for two years at a private clinic as a physio assistant um, back in Toronto. And then that was a cool experience not super sports oriented, but um, just like the general population, seeing how they use physio to get back to their everyday activities was really interesting. Um, and it was really rewarding to see the progress that they made over the, the time that they were seeing the physio. So that really solidified my interest in the profession and applied to the program. Wow. I mean, for both of you, I think it's extremely impressive how many experiences you had going into it and it sounds like both of you applied to physio very quickly after your undergrad so you know just doing those four years alone without gaining extra experience is busy enough but to add all that to your resume is, is pretty great and you know really good to know for anyone applying to mcgill you need those experiences and they're just so valuable um i was hoping that you could also take us through you know, a bit of an overview of the program. So maybe starting talking about how your semesters are organized, and then you can talk a little bit about placements as well would be fantastic if you don't mind. Yeah, so um, it's a 26 month program, just over two years, and it goes straight through like the summers and everything. Um, and then there's four placements that are spread out through throughout the program. So it starts off with two semesters of classes that go from September to April of the first year. And then within those two semesters, you have your like foundation of orthopedics, neurocardio, and all of those courses happen at the same time. They're not like blocked doing one after the other. Um, and then after April, you go into your first placement starting in May, um, and that's seven weeks. And then you go directly into your second placement. So there's two back to back in the summer. Both of them are seven weeks. Um, and you get a few weeks off in the summer, like on either end of placement or in between. Um, and then you go straight into another semester of classes. It's 12 weeks. Um, there's no more neuro and no more cardio. That's all done in the first year. But there's ortho still, there's research methods because it's a, like a prereq to the research summer that comes up in the second year. Um, the third placement is placed after that semester. So it goes eight weeks from January to February. Um, and then, so we just finished that and we're in our last semester of classes right now. And it's a short semester. It's only like eight weeks long um, because of the, the placement that happened first. 
Um, and then we go into our research summer that's I think four months long. And then we finish up with the last placement of eight weeks going from September to October. Guys are nice. And Max, Max, how did you going into that first placement? Did you find like there was enough class time to learn a lot and then apply it? Did you feel like it was kind of quick getting into it? I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like super excited for it just because our first uh, two semesters are like super heavy. Um, it's like a lot of work. Um, so I was kind of just excited to, you know, it was going to be summer. It was going to be warm out. And like you kind of just like you don't have like class schedule or like weekend stuff to do. So I was really excited for that. Um, my first stage was in neuro, um, which was really stressful for me because, uh, it was just like a lot of new things that I like hadn't learned, um, uh, like in undergrad, like, you know, how like ortho, we, we touch a lot of it in kin, but neuro was all like new stuff and I had no idea what to expect. Um, so that was, that was like kind of stressful for me. Uh, but I, I think I just went in being like, oh, you know, it's my first one. Like, I'm sure they'll like, they'll like be like understanding of like how this is not familiar for me. Um, and I was super lucky because I actually, I was actually placed with another student. So sometimes McGill puts you uh, by yourself in a, in a placement or sometimes they pair you up with someone else. And I was lucky to be paired with someone else. Uh, so we were kind of just like helping each other and, you know, like guiding each other when we, when we needed like a, a little help. And um, our supervisor was super like, she was super nice and understanding. So I was I was really glad of how it turned out. Uh, but yeah, it, it for sure was like a little stress, you know, cause you, you, like, you're responsible for the lives of those people, you know? So it's not just like, oh, you're in school and you lay back, you kind of just like expect whatever to happen. Now it's the real deal. So you have to, to be on top of it. Um, but it was it was really exciting. Amazing. Awesome. Do you find you had a similar experience, Rachel? Um, I think so. I I was in a different setting, so I was an inpatient, um, and it was mixed clientele. So I was on like four to maybe six floors at some points. So um, I also had no idea what physios did in a hospital before I went there. Um, because you always just think of physios in a clinic doing your classic ortho treatments. But I went in a little bit blind because in class you talk about like what might happen, but you don't really get a good sense of what physios do really in the hospital. Um, but luckily I also had a really good supervisor who was super supportive and understanding and she like kind of guided me. So I think the first few placements are pretty low stakes because you don't have as much of a responsibility and you're not expected to carry like a full caseload yet. So I think going into the first one, it was really, it was good to have um, that kind of unknown territory. But I really appreciated how um, they did the placements. They put the placements at the end of like two full semesters instead of maybe like after the first semester, because then you get, I felt like I had a, a bit of a foundation to build off of. Um, but yeah, I, I also had a good experience in the first gotcha. one. 
And sorry if you mentioned this already. So like within those first couple semesters, like you guys are saying, very content heavy, find that's a very uh, similar theme with, with all PT programs. Were there any uh, clinical visits or clinical exposures that you had between those two semesters or was it just straight books? It was, it was pretty much just straight books because of COVID. We, I think there were supposed to be clinical visits, but then instead um, they just like filmed a clinical visit and then sent it to us. And then we had to watch that and then do assignments on that video. But I think, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Max, there might've been a few in neuro. I'm not sure about other classes, um, but we didn't get to do those, unfortunately. Yeah, I know neuro for sure was one that we were supposed to like actually go into the hospital and kind of like do a shadowing type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like Rachel said, it didn't really happen. So we were all just like, oh, well, let's walk into a hospital now and see patients for real for the first time, you know. So it was it was different COVID, you know. <laughs> COVID just threw a, threw a wrench in everything for sure. Yeah, but we'll have to blame that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you guys are almost there though, sniffing the finish line. Um, just switching gears here. So I want to talk about something that definitely raised a lot of eyebrows, uh, causes a lot of confusion, stirs things up a bit. So I was hoping you guys can maybe clarify it. So this next question we have is, uh, just speaking a little bit about the two different entry points into the program. Cause I even remember when I was looking at it, I was like, what is this BSc in rehabilitation science? What is this qualifying year? Like which one would I go into if I were hypothetically to go to McGill. So can you guys maybe clear this up for the listeners so that they they know a little bit more about this topic? Yeah, so I can elaborate on that a little bit. So McGill um, is a little bit different from the other schools. Um, students can either enter the program at the undergrad level or at the master's level. Um, so those who apply for the bachelor, they're the students that followed Quebec's school curriculum, and they've actually attended CGEP for two years uh, before applying to university. So they kind of they kind of get to to do the undergrad in physio right away. Um, so so like I said before, like the other schools usually only have it as a master. So that's why we're a little bit different here. Um, but right after the, those students have done the, the bachelor of PT, they're like automatically following with the masters like at the same school. So they do they would do high school and then two years of CJP and then undergrad PT straight away into the master's uh, of PT. Um, What's actually kind of interesting with McGill is that uh, students like me and Rachel uh, entered McGill's uh, PT at the master's level and we were joining the cohort that uh, was finishing their bachelor at McGill. So um, it's kind of like two cohorts are like getting mixed together uh, as they kind of both enter the master's program. Um, so, so that was, that was interesting. And that, that's what, that's what both Rachel and I did essentially, because we both had, um, an undergrad degree already. Does that, does that make sense? Definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely. Absolutely. Is, is there like I, a natural rivalry between those, uh, two cohorts mashing together or is it, uh, is it cordial? Officially there isn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the one thing um, at McGill that uh, that we've heard a lot though is that because um, because the people that do the undergrad uh, in PT have to kind of like wait for us to merge with them before they see all of the 
the bulk of PT uh, assessing and treating and stuff like that, they they um they're kind of uh they tend to be a little bit disappointed into the the waiting that they get in the the first years of their undergrad because they're kind of just like they're waiting on all the all the important stuff and the the fun stuff uh because they're waiting for us to get there mm. um but for for us that that come into like the qualifying year that we call it um we don't really experience that but uh but for sure like it's like we we kind of just like uh all like um mingle and everybody kind of just like gets to know each other no matter if you're part of the qualifying year or if you're part of the uh the undergrad stream um we gotta say though like with covid for us it was kind of a little bit harder to uh to all like uh get to know each other that much because usually mcgill will will have like uh some kind of like orientation or like activities like prior to um starting your master's and that would take place with the the batch of undergrad that were already in the program but mcgill didn't really wasn't really able to do that for us so it kind of like created like a a little like separation um at the start of uh of the program but we're like we're trying to change that like everybody's kind of just like getting to know each other still which is which is fine like that's what happen with a lot of things with COVID like and like a lot of other programs I know they also couldn't have their orientation but uh yeah there there's there's no real rivalry you know (laughs) we all love each other we're a big family (laughs) that's awesome no the camaraderie is needed when going through physio school so I'm glad you got some good support around you absolutely Uh, I've got another question for you, Max. So McGill requires prereqs in anatomy and physiology, and they require applicants to achieve a McGill equivalent mark of a B or higher. And I was just wondering if you could go through that a little bit. We get questions about it quite often. Yeah, so uh, B and McGill will be um, having a grade between 70 and 74%. Okay. So that's the grade that the applicants will have um, to uh, – that's the grade that they need to – to have in the prerequisites usually it's like it's i think it's anatomy and physiology and there's also a um a stats class that you need as well um so if the applicant doesn't have at least that grade for the for those courses um they they should probably take the course again before uh, applying and achieving this grade before they actually apply um a lot of us had those prerequisites in our undergrad uh, degree but if you don't have it in your, um, like as a required in your in your past undergrad, you can also just take it, um, like complete it independently before you apply to McGill and get a grade of between 70 and 74%. Gotcha. That clears things up for sure. Um, another thing that's uh, kind of unique to McGill's application process is the statement of interest video. It's kind of like a personal statement, but kind of not because you're not writing anything. It's it's just that that video where you're talking. Okay, so we don't specifically have any experience with this. I know only applicants to McGill. Also, could you guys maybe talk to us about your experience uh, with that, uh, like kind of the structure of it? Were you nervous? Do you have any tips? Of course, you know we're not asking you to give anything away, like questions or anything like that. We just want to know a little bit about your experience and and how that whole day kind of went for you Uh, okay yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) so i i found the process a little bit awkward um just because you're like talking to 
yourself in the screen, but um, I don't think I was as nervous as doing something like the Kira Talent interview for Mac because you get multiple shots of doing it. Like if, you, if you're not satisfied with one take, you can just retake it and then add things in or take things out that you don't like. Whereas like the Kira Talent, you, you just have one shot and you can't take it back and you're talking at no one as well. So that's always a little bit weird, but um, yeah, I was going to go and review it to see like how how I structured it, but I think I got rid of it immediately off my computer because I never <laughs> wanted to, to look at it again because <laughs> it's, it's just very awkward watching yourself talk, I think, but um, I pretty much use the structure of like all my other applications and tried to just condense it and fit into two minutes. Um, so I, I talked about like why I was interested in the profession and the experiences that kind of led me in that direction. Um, and then I think I finished up with why I was specifically interested in McGill. Um, and for, I guess, tips on the video, make a structure and then go with those points, but then don't necessarily read off of a script because you want it to sound natural. Um, maybe like practice it with a family member or a friend to make it flow better. Um, and they can give you tips as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I did it a few times and then got, got tired of watching myself talk. So I just submitted it. <laughs> But I think Max is a different experience. <laughs> yeah, I found I found it super time consuming because I was being very like I, I needed to be perfect and it was never perfect. There's always something that I didn't like. Um, but uh, to go into how kind of I did it, um, uh, yeah, I took a hundred shots of it basically, and I deleted wow. all of them because they were all so bad. Um, and then. <laughs> gave myself a break and then went at it again and then found the good one. Um, but to get there, um, one thing that I found that helped me is I actually wrote down a text with, uh, with the things I wanted to say. So kind of like Rachel, you know, just like, why did you want to get into physio? I kind of said like, how did I first, um, how did I just like found an interest in physio? You know, for me, it was through kin through uh, doing sports in my childhood and in uh, when I was a teenager and stuff like that, how I kind of had an interest with like body movement, um, uh, like anatomy and things like that. And, um, and then once I wrote that down, uh, I had to skim a lot too, because we had to, to fit it into two minutes. Um, but McGill also kind of like gave you tips on, on what to say. So I think they had, a, they had a thing where they would say like, oh, maybe include something uh, like a, a challenging situation that you had to go through. Um, so I, I included that, but um, I think, I think there's a way to like, like everything that you say in that video statement is really for them to get to know you and to judge if you're the perfect fit for the program. So you just really have to cram everything into two minutes and make it clear. Um, like everything that you want to say, just it's easy to connect it to physio in one way or another. Or if the, if it's you're talking about the the challenging situation that you had to to go through, like there, like just make yourself um, look like uh, you really did something great there, and 
why you're, um, let's say, if you want to say that you're a good leader, if you want to say that you're empathetic, just find a situation that will illustrate that um, so that they know, you know, what kind of situation puts you at your best or, um, you know, what makes you uh, someone great for them because obviously, like, they, they want the best. So just just act like you're the best and you'll feel the best and they'll think you're the best, you know? <laughs> um, anyways, so after my 100 shots of that, um, I sent it to a couple of my friends. Uh, they approved it, and uh, I ended up sending it to Miguel, and everything went fine. And here we are. <laughs> so yeah, that that was about it. It was it was a tough process, but um, I think I think we uh, we got what we wanted out of it. So no kidding, you got that acceptance letter, right? What an experience, though. Two very like different strategies but it just goes to show that you know it doesn't there's no one perfect way of preparing for something like that so i think that's great um that's obviously an awesome tip for the personal um sorry sorry like the statement of interest video i was wondering if you guys have any more like general tips for just applying to mcgill anything that you felt that your application you really stood out from um everyone else just from what you did and how you prepared maybe um rachel we can start with you yeah. Um, so I, I think that McGill, like, I don't really know how it works in terms of how they weed through all of the applicants and what um, weight they put on different parts of the application. But I've heard that they really like a well-rounded applicant. And since there's no real like interview or anything, I think the best place to showcase that is in your CV. So make sure you pack it with everything so they know that you've had all the good experiences that can make you a good practitioner. Um, also a big thing that I found different about McGill is that they take a cumulative GPA and they don't accept any extra courses that you take after undergrad, unless I guess they're prereqs. So I feel like that um, kind of levels the playing field because so many other universities do the sub GPA calculation. And then I think a lot of people really push for grades in their last two years of undergrad, but I think most people, it, it might level it out if they take the full four years. Um, and then, yeah, so because of that, I feel like people who might not have a super high um, GPA of their last two years, like me, would have a better chance uh, at schools like McGill who take a cumulative. So make sure you showcase that in the, in your CV. Nice. Awesome. And Max, any, any general tips from you? Any wisdom? Um, words of wisdom. All right. There you go. Um, I feel like Rachel kind of said um, a lot of good things here. I, I wasn't even aware of the GPA thing just because like I said, I only applied to McGill. So I don't really know the other universities, uh, procedures but yeah mcgill um will are, will have approximately like 400 applicants per year and they'll accept between like 25 and 30 so um that that's like for sure a little bit stressful so that's kind of why you want to really like rachel said like showcase everything like your involvement all of your extracurriculars all of your interests that may or may not be directly related to pt but could show like how how great your your involvement was and like kind of like what your personality is. Uh, I think they really look for that. Um, I think like personally, I, I find like I didn't have like the best GPA at all. Um, 
you know, I, I, I could apply, but I wasn't like a 4.0 or anything. And I think what really helped me personally was like my extracurriculars and how um, I was able to just like include a lot of like little things here and there that I had done in the past. So I would uh, say like, don't hesitate to just include everything that could potentially um, help you to get there. Um, so just aim to have like a really well-rounded background. Uh, don't be afraid to talk about yourself and what you you think you've accomplished. Uh, that was great. Um, and then other things like, well, obviously don't forget to, uh, to book your, your Casper um, ahead of time. <laughs> and, um, and one last thing is also because uh, uh, since we're in Quebec, uh, French-speaking province. So McGill has, um, since last year, they kind of look at your French language proficiency. So that's one other thing to keep in mind. So if you haven't completed any previous education in French, uh, they're going to want to assess your French level. So um, that's something to uh, be aware of. I think uh, Rachel was really glad she didn't have to do that to get into McGill because it only started the year after us. <laughs> um so yeah, just keep in mind that you you should probably want to speak French. <laughs> yeah, I, I squeezed in at the last minute because I don't think I would have got in if if I was applying now. But they've done a good job at like filtering who's proficient in French and who might not be as proficient in terms of um, stages, which are stages or placement. If you're if you're wondering from Max's previous uh, comments. Um, but yeah, they, they really take that into account when they're placing you. Um, so they do their, their best to like, for me, they put me in the West Island for one of my placements because it's the most Anglophone there. Um, so most of my patients were English, which is really nice. And then, um, yeah, they, they do a good job at that. But otherwise you would, there's no way to really avoid French in placement because you can't you can't choose who your patients are if they're coming to see you. But um, otherwise, like the whole program is in English, like all of the instructions in English. You just have the option to submit your assignments in French if you prefer that. Mm -hmm. So I think the um, the French proficiency thing came on because uh, because basically before each placement, like Rachel said, they, they will ask you how much French you speak and how much French you want to have to speak in your placement. But for them, it was getting really hard to have uh, non-French speakers. And so they would have to always find like clinics that are that are like mostly English. Um, so I think they're, they're kind of trying to make that process a little bit easier for them because we do have, um, like it's really hard for them to guarantee a full English placement to to anyone, so they um, they want to encourage students to uh, to speak a little bit more French and to try to try to be able to to be in placements that will be like more bilingual rather than only uh, full English. If that makes sense. Gotcha. Definitely makes sense. Rachel, how's your French now, though? Um, it. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> I'd say the the listening aspect is definitely improved. Um, speaking ac aspect, not so much, but it's funny. Like when I, I'm in placement, they can talk about like their injury, their pain, everything. And I'm like, I, I got it. And then they start talking about their weekend and what they did on the weekend. I have no idea what they're saying. Nice. So like 
my hearing is very physio specific. Rachel is getting really good at learning um, Quebecois expressions. Um, she's nailing it. <laughs> very focused French you got there. That's good yeah. though. Um, another thing I wanted to go back to though was Rachel, you mentioned that um, most of your patients when you were on placements were uh, English speaking. So in the event that you have a French speaking patient, what do you do there? What do you do for, you know, say that's a 30 minute uh, follow-up appointment? Like what, what's your role in that, in that appointment? Like, what does that look like? So I actually did my last placement in Toronto, but, um, so that was lucky. So I got to speak all English there. Um, but in my second one, you're only uh, required to, I think, take a like 50% caseload. So then my supervisor would just give me all of the English patients. So they wouldn't, they would just take the French speaking one. So it wasn't really an issue. Um, and then if I didn't have a patient and then they had one that was French speaking, they would, um, I would do like the objective assessment and then they would do the subjective part. Um, so it hasn't really been a barrier for me yet, but I think if I'm placed in a pretty French uh, placement for my last one where you're expected to be like entry level that would be an issue mm -hmm. yeah we'll have to have you on for another pod to talk about that for sure <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll see how it goes yeah <laughs> yeah solid all right well uh another thing we wanted to ask you guys is uh just how your experience has been so far in the program maybe you can dive into some of the placements i know you've touched on that a little bit as well just even being in class maybe even talking about how COVID initially impacted you and how it's kind of evolved throughout the the two years as well um rachel maybe we can start with you and then we'll go go off to you max sure um so i think we were really lucky at McGill. Um, it's definitely impacted us, like COVID, I mean, um, but we were never fully online. So we always had labs in person, which I found really lucky because I've heard from other schools that they went fully online for um, a while. So we always got the hands-on experience at the beginning, or at least I think for the full first year, um, we were restricted to only having one partner to work on so normally you'd get to like go around lab and feel things on different people but then um they wanted to create like lab bubbles I guess so then you'd you're with the same partner for all of your classes and all of your labs um but it was nice because we still got to go in person um I think it was also a bit changing beginning to have no orientation because uh westerners like the opposite with like crazy orientation um so it was kind of strange for me to go in and then not be able to meet the the undergrad cohort um and then we were also discouraged from mingling outside of or like after labs and things because they didn't want um covid to spread on campus so then everyone was encouraged to go home right away so then I think that kind of led us to meet people that were living in our area because then we walk in the same direction versus other people would just be driving or commuting back back home to wherever they lived um but overall I really I do enjoy the program um like I said before I like how the placements are structured in a way that it comes after 
a full year of classes almost. Um, and I like how it's really content heavy at the beginning so that it kind of eases off. And now you're, you're almost like cruising to the end with the classes. And then you're just working on like fine tuning your skills and like applying that to a clinical setting. Um, I find that the profs here are pretty supportive in general and then they, they always want you to succeed. So they're willing to go and help you with whatever you ask them with, ask them for, I guess. Um, yeah, I've, I've had a good experience so far. Awesome. What about you, Max? Um, yeah, I think, I think Rachel said a lot of great things there. Um, you know, with COVID and stuff, like how things happened for us, we still managed to have a really good time and, you know, like still, still get to know each other within, within the limits of COVID. Um, I think, uh, like Rachel said, it's really great that, uh, we kind of learn a lot of things at the beginning because then I felt like, uh, so my first stage I said, uh, sorry, placement, my first placement was, uh, was neuro, but then my second one was ortho, uh, which is, uh, which is like, obviously you get like more, uh, responsibility at your second one. And I felt like I already had like a lot of like, um, tools, um, in my toolbox to really like treat patients. So I felt that that was, uh, that was a big plus, um, compared to, like, you know, I know that people that do uh, like an undergrad somewhere else in Quebec in PT, they will have like a first stage within their first like semester of undergrad, which I find that might have like stressed me out. So I'm glad we uh, we kind of had that. Um, one thing, though, that I would uh, maybe advise if people are planning on like having a job at the same time as uh, being in a, a McGill PT uh, in their master's, um, I, I kind of did it for the first little bit. Uh, because I already had like a, another job from my undergrad and stuff. So I kept going with that, but I was really lucky that they were super flexible with my, uh, with my work schedule because it is really like when we say content heavy, it is really intense. Um, so you, you don't have that much time to, um, to, to work like 20 hours a week, um, somewhere else. So that's just maybe something to think about. It is doable, obviously, but, um, it's just something to keep in mind that uh, you might have to like run from place to place if you're uh, you're planning all of these things in your schedule. Um, but yeah, like Rachel said, now it's it's way more chill for us. Um, in our last semester of uh, of uh, classes, it's it's way less heavy. So that's that's been really great. And um, I think I think we're just really excited to uh, to jump into the next uh, the next steps after this semester. <laughs> I think that's awesome advice. There's no way I would have been able to work even like a 10 hour per week job going through physio school. It's just that intensive. So good for you for, for crushing that initially. That's awesome, Max. Um, I also wanted to ask, and I was excited to ask this because I think you, you know, between the two of you, you might have different perspectives or different situations. And uh, with this, but do you like living in Montreal? Like, what is it like living there? It's a city I've always wanted to get to as well. Um, maybe we could start with Max for this one. Yeah, Montreal is awesome. You should come. <laughs> <laughs> I know I need to. I'm a Leafs fan, though. I don't know if I'll be Aww. accepted into Montreal. <laughs> you might not well, be. Might, might be careful with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> um, no, but honestly, like, I've had a really great experience living in Montreal uh, through uni. So I actually, like I said before, I grew up, like, off the island in Montreal, but I moved um, really close to McGill for, uh, since I got into my undergrad. Um, and it's been really great to be close to McGill. 
um, it's fun because like a lot of students that go to McGill actually live um, within the same like there's like a perimeter that like all the students live in. So that's really great because everybody is like always close and it's really easy to just like plan things with everyone and just like do fun things because uh, there's a lot of fun things to do here. Um, you know, in the summer, we have like all of these like uh, music festival, art festivals. Uh, there's like there's like a bunch of like streets that just become pedestrian. And there's like there's like people making arts on the buildings. And it's like it's really fun. There's so many like summer activities um, and everything is close by. Like you can literally just like walk anywhere um, if you want to like stay within the like the perimeter of a certain like a certain distance and if not then you can it's super easy to just take the bus or uh, take the metro anywhere so that's that's really great for a student uh, I found um, it's super interesting like you like Montreal is not a boring city you'll always find something to do um, and uh, uh, yeah you can just like find things in the perimeter of your house for sure um, one thing that um, that I will say though like obviously now with COVID things are a little bit more um, like low key, um, but I think uh, I think you can you can always find fun things to do, and um, I think Rachel will maybe touch on that. But uh, it's also great to um, if you have a car and you want to like go elsewhere um, as a student who's not uh, from Montreal. Um, maybe it's it's fun also to just explore uh, outside of the island of Montreal too. Do you want to explore that? <laughs> Yeah, um, I agree with everything Max said. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to experience Montreal pre-COVID, but it's kind of like, I, I really like uh, like an established city. So coming from London to Montreal was like a crazy jump. <laughs> but um, it, I find that it's kind of like a more lively, artsy and hipster version of Toronto. Um, like sometimes when you walk through downtown Toronto, it's a bit cold and like people have their AirPods and they're just like walking. It's like, it can be businessy, but here I don't feel like it has the same type of vibe. Um, especially like when you go down to Old Port, it feels very European. Um, probably the, the language aspect plays into that as well. Um, but there's always like good food everywhere. Things are super walkable, I find. Um, also, there are tons of bike lanes around, which is a big plus. Um, I feel like Toronto is kind of lacking that. I think they're getting a bit better, but here it's like unmatched. Um, and then just the outdoor activities, I feel like it's a lot better than Toronto in terms of like accessibility to the outdoors. I find that here, if, as Max said, if you do have a car, you can go like within an hour and find some good hikes and fun outdoor activities and stuff to do in the winter and in the summer. Whereas um, I feel like in Toronto or in a lot of places in Ontario, it's harder to find those same opportunities. Obviously it's not as good as Reed's outdoor opportunities, but not oh, everyone good, can have their don't put yourself so think, down here. Don't put yourself down. <laughs> I, think, I think what Rachel is trying to say, though, is that Montreal is really amazing compared to Toronto. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had to get it they're, in. They're, they're, they're good in their own ways. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, I, really, I really enjoy living here. Um, I think it's – and also it's easy to live here if you don't speak French 
um, like in, in the downtown area at least. Like you can definitely get by without being able to speak French, but there's definitely instances where it's helpful and where people prefer you to speak French. So um, if you do, then that's that's definitely a plus. But for me, it hasn't been like a huge barrier at all. Mm -hmm. And I think, like you said, like there's there's literally um, there's like so many mountains. Obviously, they're not like huge mountains, but there's so many mountains around. You can just like go on hikes. You can go skiing. You can go camping. You can you can explore like as much as you want. Um, and even if you you don't have like cars or anything, like there is like a like a it's called Caminoto here. It's like these, like car yeah ride share. Um, where people can kind of just like rent cars and stuff. So everybody is very like, every, everyone's like welcome and everyone, everyone can, uh, can just like experience all these things if they're, uh, they're willing to kind of like figure out little ways to, uh, to do that. So I think it's really great. Like you're in the city two seconds and then you turn around and it's like, oh, wait, like I'm fully like hiking right now, you know? So I don't know. It's like the best of both worlds, I find. Anthony, we're gonna have to take a trip, hey? When's your next week off, man? Yeah, well, whenever yours is, apparently. Okay. <laughs> well, apparently we got the invite, so you know. Rachel and I will welcome you. <laughs> we'll give you a tour. Yeah. I'll speak to you in French the whole time. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, definitely got some FOMO after hearing all that. Um, yeah, well, a lot of my friends, like they went to Oceaga every year and I, I just dropped the ball on, on not, on not going apparently, especially well, when you're like 18, you? 19, like you gotta, that's like the place to be for sure. Damn, yeah. well, you know, I can still, I can still tackle it later in my life. We'll, we'll do a raid for sure. Sounds good. Anyways. See you there. Uh, yeah, definitely. So, uh, we wanted to just wrap up with this question and, you know, if you guys don't know the answer to this just yet, totally fine. Cause you know, a lot of people go through their uh, experimentation phase, especially once they graduate and even when they're going through the program. So do you guys know what type of PT you want to be or what type of area of practice you want to practice in yet? Uh, maybe we'll start with you, Rach, and then we'll we'll go over to Max. Um, so this is the question of the year <laughs> because I'm not I'm not too sure yet. I'm kind of torn between public and private sectors. I never really considered public before doing my first stage and then I really really enjoyed it and I like just learning about all the different ways that physios can contribute in a hospital setting um, was super cool so I really like the aspect of being in a hospital in a more acute care setting but then I also really like ortho like private practice so I think um, as of right now, I'd want to get into both and maybe do like part time of both. Anthony, you're doing that's what you're doing right now. Yeah, two days hospital and, and three days clinic. So you can definitely make it work. And we can talk about that for sure. Once you once you're there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm not sure yet, because I feel like they both offer really good things. And um, I, I don't think I'm in a place yet to make that decision, but I want to get my feet wet in both areas before I do make the choice. Yeah, no, that's awesome. What about you, Max? Um, it's kind of funny because, uh, I'm also a little bit torn. Um, when I first was in, uh, when I first got into physio, I thought I was going to be like a sports physio and that's all I was going to do. Um, and now I've been kind of, I, I did like with McGill, uh, these, um, I, I'm like a student physio for the varsity teams. 
Um, and I've, I'm kind of like seeing like what this whole thing really is. Um, and I'm like not like fully sure that's like really what I want to do now. I'm I, I like I've seen this and then I've had like a, a private clinic placement. And then I've also had a placement in hospital um, in pediatrics that I loved. Uh, so now I'm like, I, I don't know what's going on anymore. Um, maybe I'll I'll do like a half peds in a hospital, half private clinic. Um, who knows? Um, I'm, I'm not really sure. I love the babies, but I also love treating the adults. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I was I was finding that um, I was kind of missing that aspect of, you know, uh, explaining to the patient what's going on in their body, like what muscle um, has what function and like how does everything move and stuff like that. Um, so I'm really passionate about that. Uh, so yeah, it's, maybe it's going to be a mix. Maybe it's going to be just one or the other. We still got a couple months to figure that out. So not too, too stressed about it. Maybe I should be, but um, we'll figure it out. <laughs> now you still got lots of time. Like I said, reach out anytime. We, we can definitely talk about this for sure. And uh, if you're wondering, babies are better. Oh, than, yeah. Than adults for sure. Yeah, yeah. They're so cute. <laughs> awesome. They, they love you no matter what. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, no, that's, that's, that's great. Reed, anything else from your end, man? No, I think we covered a lot of good stuff today. I just want to thank both of you again, you know, for coming on. It's, it's awesome to hear from you. You guys both seem like you've got extremely bright futures ahead and just best of luck in this last stretch here you've got this you've got well it. thanks to you thanks for having us yeah thank you so much for having us on it's been fun yeah no to echo what reed said really appreciate you guys time this isn't even a recency bias thing like this this is one of my favorite episodes here for sure so i'm really uh excited to get this one up um but yeah just to wrap up guys if you want to hear more episodes like this please consider subscribing leaving a five-star review if you got some time and if you want to reach out, chat with us, don't hesitate to go into our show notes We're on every social media platform you can imagine. All the links are there and we can talk from there. All right, guys. Thanks again for listening. We will see you at the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Physio School Podcast. If you want to hear more from us, consider subscribing so that you don't miss any future episodes. And if you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you wrote us a review so that we can continue to give you our very best. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.